Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. I wouldn't say it's a misery Monday after the 24-22 loss in Cleveland. This one didn't sting as much as the Steelers loss. For me, you, you, can, you can speak to your own emotions after this one, Garrett, but for me, you know, after seeing Lamar go down, seeing the Ravens fall into a big hole, and I'm talking big hole early in this game. At one point, they're trailing 24-3. to I thought it was pretty much over, right? And to see the Ravens rally they, the way they did, to have a chance to win at the end and only lose 24-22, to it doesn't feel like a misery Monday to me. Now, injuries notwithstanding. But it, it, it left you with a... Uh, Left me with a different kind of feeling than I did a week ago. So it's somewhere between a misery Monday and a size them up Monday. How how about a mopey Monday? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can understand that. Um, you know, in a strange way, like you feel a little bit better just with the, I guess, the no quit attitude of the team right. when you're in that big of a hole and you have a backup quarterback come in and and play pretty well and then. You know, you you come out of the game feeling like, oh my gosh, almost had the chance. Uh, how did you not get those extra 20, 25 yards and over in uh, after the onside oh, kick and win? I it? thought they were going to win it when we recovered the onside kick. I thought it, the game was ours. Well, I think I think everybody on the Ravens sideline thought that. I also think everybody in that stadium thought that. I've said we've had this discussion a million times, and I've said that it just feels like, as someone who grew up rooting for the Browns, there's been ways that like it seems like games are completely decided and the Browns lose it. I mean, the Will the Hill Browns game are going was, to Browns. Yeah, the, there's the Will Hill game. That was an obvious one. There was uh, even last year's game, Lamar's in the locker room, comes out fourth down and throws that touchdown pass to Hollywood. Like, there's all sorts of examples like that against in this series and then just in <laughs> Browns history in general. And you can just feel it that way after that onside kick. We're just bounced off the guy and you're like, you got to be kidding me. As a side note, as a side note, this, we're getting into actually our take on the game, but I was I was in the press box at that point, and at the end of the game, I always had to get down to the field at the end of the game to do the walk-off interview and, and just capture any kind of crazy moments that are happening at an end of a game. Well, depending on the stadium, it can vary how long it takes to get down there. So that happens, and I jump up from my computer and go to run because I wasn't down there at that point because it was basically a <laughs> it was a two-score game, and I'm like, all right, well. Right. I was no, the, the likelihood of recovering the onside kick is not high. Yeah, I mean, and like, just it all happens so fast. Like, they've got to score a touchdown, then they've got to recover an onside kick. So anyway, right. so I was in, I was in the press box. So they get the onside kick, and I basically jump up from my seat and go to run down. And all of the elevators are locked. They are, they shut down the <laughs> elevators for the coaching staff that's in the box to come down at the end of the game. And I'm like trying to convince them to take me down. I'm like there's going to be enough time. You can get down and you can get back. And they're like, now we're not allowed to do it after the two-minute warning. So then I'm like, they're like, well, there's a freight elevator. I'm like, all right, let's go to the freight elevator. So I'm trying to get on the freight elevator, and that's <laughs> taking forever. And I'm like, is it coming? Like, is there is is anyone going to answer this? And they're like, I don't know. Sometimes he shows up. Sometimes he doesn't. I'm like, all right, fine. So then I just start <laughs> running. I start running down the ramp, you know, the long ramp, long oh, ramp. This is all like the way your down. Lamar Jackson draft story all over again. It is. Uh, seriously, I have blisters on my feet from that example, from this one. So anyway, I basically get down in a full sweat to games the, over for the first level as all the Browns fans are pouring out chanting, here we go, Brownies, 
the dog pound chant because they had gotten the stop on fourth down. So I missed that so entire you didn't, you series. You didn't see that whole thing. <laughs> I was sprinting down the ramp, and then I'm just basically all the Browns fans are walking the opposite direction of me, and I have to make the once I finally arrived, I had to wait for the crowd to pass and make the sad, depressed walk to the post game interview room. Well, I can tell you what happened. Uh, there's another sack. I uh, then- <laughs> I did. Wa- I went back and watched it. That was the first thing I did when I got back to the press box. I went back and watched it. So anyway, uh, enough about my trials and tribulations of getting down to the field at the end of the game. Um, but look, I think just to, to the point, I feel like we all thought that they were going to win it after that onside kick. A little surprising that they weren't able to do it. Just felt like all the momentum was going in their direction. Yep. And um, it would have been one to steal, but... I guess I agree with you that like it doesn't feel as disappointing when you come back and you fight that way to get yourself back in the game. Well, I mean, how many miracle games did the Ravens win over the first, you know, whatever, two-thirds of the season? Right? Yeah, I think the scales are balancing a little bit. Right, and now you've kind of lost these two potential miracle games where, you know, in Pittsburgh they come all the way back and you can you can steal it on the two point conversion and you don't you know you had a chance for a miracle with an onside kick recovery and and then steal a one with Tyler Huntley and you come up just short it's like you know we we talked about that earlier on we said these things have a, a tendency to balance themselves out and uh and that's what we're seeing right now you know like we've said a number of times the Ravens are a good team they're not a great team right now just by virtue of all these injuries certainly when you lose Lamar Jackson on the first play of the second quarter and Calais Campbell on, on, in the first quarter after six snaps, you're like, oh my goodness gracious. I mean, have we hit the tipping point here on injuries where you just, there's just no way that you can win a game in the ultimate, you know, competitive sport of the NFL. Uh, and, and the Ravens almost did. Like, it, it's pretty incredible. And to me, kind of my takeaway was like, you know, Lamar deserves like a ton of credit for what he did in the first half of the season or or two thirds of the season or whatever it was. But like, let's just step back and say like, this is John Harbaugh's team, man. It's, 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 it's a John Harbaugh show. And I think that you're seeing that this year, like even when Lamar goes down, right? Like we all say like the, the Ravens are what they are because of Lamar Jackson or have been the past couple of years. I think the Ravens are who they are because of John Harbaugh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? And like, because they almost won this game in Cleveland without Lamar. They won a game in Chicago without Lamar. And mm-hmm. I think in large part because of kind of the the tone that John Harbaugh sets. And it's, it's not just John. I mean, it's just, you know, the Ravens' depth, I think, you know, is on display too. But, like, I'm just impressed with the way that John constantly is like, no, we're not going to make excuses and say, woe is me and, and, like, act like we can't win just because we have a bunch of injuries we're going to step up and we're going to play tough and, and whatever, we're going to give ourselves a shot. And like his mentality, I, I've just, I've been impressed with this entire time. And I was particularly impressed with even last night after the game. And he's like, yeah, everybody's doubting, you know, well, if Lamar's out the rest of the way with these remaining four games, there's no way the Ravens can make the playoffs, you know? And he's like, nah, 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 dog, you know, we're, we're, right. we're going to keep rolling, you know? And, and that's just what it is. Tori Smith, who does our pregame show, which uh, listeners can check out before every Ravens home game on our app, our website, social media, Facebook, YouTube. Anyway, little plug there. But Tori, uh, he has said multiple times this year uh, that he thinks this is John Harbaugh's finest coaching job. 
uh, in his career. And now he's been around a long time. He's won a lot of games, a lot of good seasons. But the reason he feels that way is just because of all the injuries that the Ravens have dealt with. And for the team to still be in the thick of it is a testament to kind of that tone and that mentality uh, that, that John sets. This kind of goes to this email. We got a couple of emails. It's always the inbox often fills up, you know, after the games on Sunday, good or bad. <laughs> um, and yep. I think to your point at the start, I don't feel like the email, the inbox is as angry as it was last week. And this email yeah, exactly. from Patrick Kuhn, uh, I think, underscores that point. You can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Email says, what an effort. The guys played their butts off with no quit. Obviously, nobody wanted to see Lamar go down, but injuries in this game happen, as we all know. And the team really rallied behind Tyler, and they did great. I'm so impressed with their desire. But I love the way our receivers uh, will get first down. Let's hustle back to the line. Uh, the fact is, this team continues to oh, That was to a shot with- of Chase Claypool. Yeah, yeah, it was a little Chase Claypool <laughs> shot. Um, the fact is, this team continues to deal with adversity and still continues to perform. It was a rough loss. But I'm so damn proud of this team. Ch- take care. Mm-hmm. So I-, I think that there's truth in that. Now, now, I, I also think, and the Ravens players and coaches, I think, would be the first to say, well, all that's true. They're not looking at, they're not looking for too many pats on the back after the game. I, I just don't think that, yep. like, there's a moral, moral victory uh, sentiment that this team is going to have. They're, they know that their goal is first and foremost, to still win the division, which, thank you, San Francisco 49ers, for the little help there. Uh, the Ravens yep. are still in control of their own destiny. And first place, two straight losses, no harm, no foul, still leading the division with control of their own destiny the rest of the way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, to the people who are talking about, well, what are the Ravens' chances? How long can they hang on to the division lead, you know? Well, I, I think, like we said last week, the Ravens got to get two wins. I think that they get to 10 and they have a pretty good shot of making it into the playoffs, either as the division winner or as a wild card. Yeah. Can especially beat, if one of those wins comes against the Bengals. I think kind that, of it's going to come down to the Bengals. Yeah. I think it's going to come down to the Bengals game. Um, can the Ravens do it? Like they have the, the Packers up next. The Packers are one of the best teams in, in the league. You know, then we have the Bengals, the Rams, another one of the best teams in the league and then finish with the Steelers. Can the Ravens do it? Like, why not, man? Just why not? Mm-hmm. I like trot Tyler Huntley out there, and I'll still say why not. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think that this team, like we've said all year, you don't know what to expect. Who knows? Like, who thought that the defense would shut the Browns out in the second half without Calais Campbell, without Marlon Humphrey, and all the injuries that they've had on defense? Like, you know, when when the Browns took an early lead in this game and Calais Campbell was on the sideline, you're th- I'm thinking, Oh, that's not a good combination with the best running attack in the NFL, Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt. They're just going to ram it down the Ravens throats, mm-hmm. you know, when, when they can just run out the clock and the Baltimore defense stiffens. And, and did they hold the Browns to 40 rushing yards? No, but it wasn't far off. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like the Browns did not run the ball particularly well. I mean, they put up a hundred yards total. Nick Chubb had 59 uh johnson had 22 like i mean pretty good pretty good they ran the ball 29 times for 100 yards you're averaging about 3.3 a carry there yeah not bad yeah yeah you'll take that against the browns right and so like i I just think that as much as you want to look forward and try to predict like i've written and said a million times like this team has shown me 
don't don't count them out no matter who's missing yeah like, I, I, it, it, it doesn't matter they're gonna make it close they're gonna make it interesting uh obviously you want lamar on the field you know he gives them a better much better shot but tyler huntley played pretty darn well too so i'm not gonna rule, count him out well uh, here's another email i'll read this is from chris george at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net i know there's plenty of negatives to take away from that game and the ravens recent record of the last two uh, but I left the game feeling pretty good about the Ravens season. Now, we've said all year, next man up, and the Ravens seem to do better than any other team in that situation. In the first quarter, I was starting to think, you know what, maybe we pushed that too far. But the defense yep. settled in the second half, and they played some lights-out defense. And on top of that, Huntley, he said it actually looked better than Lamar, in his opinion. Now, I'm not saying for one minute. He did play better than Lamar has the past couple weeks. Yeah. Now, he said Lamar's clearly one of the best in the NFL. And as I said previously... Yes. Uh, he's why I love watching the Ravens when I first started watching football. And no one can, de- but no one can deny that Lamar's struggling right now. Um, he had to put the team on his back in the first half of the season, uh, and he seems fatigued and struggling to snap out of it currently. Um, mm-hmm. So he thought maybe that maybe that this injury uh, could almost be a chance to rest and reset. He says I'm no expert on football, and I'm probably uh, just bias for the Ravens, but I do think that the Ravens have shown that they are one of the greatest teams, overall teams, uh, in the NFL. What other I team could, I think that yeah, yeah. What other team could lose as many starters throughout the season and still have a winning record. So I think that's all really well said. Yeah. I think that's all really well said. Like uh, and I, I think come season's end, even if the Ravens don't make the playoffs, I think you can look at this and say, wow man, like they battled. They battled because it looked like from the beginning of the season when Marcus Peters and Gus Edwards went down the same practice within a few plays, like that they were toast, you know, and then on top of all the other injuries that they had. And like to be in this position already speaks to the resolve of this team, no matter how it finishes, quite honestly. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not that doesn't like that speaks to the program John Harbaugh has built. But I think that we've known for a little while that the Ravens are a team full full of resolve and a team that can overcome adversity or at least battle it to the bitter, bitter end. Right. So like, I think we can feel that way about the Ravens season. They're not going to feel if they miss the playoffs, they will feel disappointment. Yeah, obviously. Um, but like, and, and, and then to the, the point of Lamar, I, I agree with that. I actually, I think that like, and it, obviously we all hope that Lamar is back on the field to face the Packers that will be the biggest question of the week. Um, John Harbaugh said after the game, basically no update. We'll, we'll see. We'll see this morning. Spring I'm sure there will be. I, I'm just. I'm. I'm sure there will be the Schefter Rappaport report this morning. You know, it. It didn't sound to me like it was a given that he's going to have like tests, like an MRI or something. I don't know. Right. You know. Um, he said Harbaugh. Sure was, that you know, Harbaugh said he'll. We'll have to see how it responds because he was asked that exactly. as a follow up question: Is he getting additional tests? He said, "We'll just have to see how it responds." So. Yeah, so I'm sure that'll be coming later today. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like, you hope Lamar can play, but I feel like regardless, like, a bit of a reset for Lamar maybe isn't the worst thing at mm-hmm. this point of the season. And and like we just got done talking about, I think this really comes down to the Bengals game. Even if the Ravens were to, to lose against the Packers, which it wouldn't be good, you know, but let's say they lose and, and the Bengals win this upcoming week. Now you're tied going into a head-to-head matchup for first place in the AFC North against the Bengals. Right. Like, that game is everything. And if Lamar, if even if missing a game against Green Bay 
even if he misses a game against Green Bay, if he comes back and he's feeling and he's a little bit sharper and just has a mental reset, because like I said, I think it's really in his head. I mean, let's not also pretend that Lamar got off to a good start in this game. He he did not. Yeah, it looked like a lot of what of last week. I mean, he's, you know, taking the taking the check down throw, but it's two yards beyond the line of scrimmage and Devontae Freeman's getting blasted. And then it's two yards behind the line of scrimmage to Mark Andrews. who's getting blasted like it wasn't pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so if it's a reset for Lamar and, and does him some good, maybe not the worst thing in the world. So, so the other thing I would say, and I, I agree with this whole conversation around basically the Ravens ability to overcome difficulty and injuries and I think that's part of the culture of the team and the organization I also think that part of the reason that they're still very much in the the race is just because of the dynamics of the division like there's not a dominant team in the division and the Bengals are helping them out by losing in recent weeks they've had two straight games uh that they've lost at home uh, lost to the 49ers yesterday in a in a overtime game when I was like, oh man, the 49ers are going to blow this. They're going to blow it, and they had the big lead and, and they didn't. Um, and they lost last week at home to the Chargers. Now the Bengals' remaining schedule is not a gimme either. Like they've got a tough stretch, especially considering the, the way they're playing right now. Broncos next week, and the Broncos are are competing for a spot here. Then then the Ravens game, then Chiefs, okay, and then they close against the Browns at, in Cleveland. So like. If you look around the division, none of these teams have like gimmies to finish things out. So yep. I do think that winning two games and getting to 10 and 7 might be good enough to do it. The one thing right now I will say is that if the Ravens end up tied with the Bengals, Bengals have a 3 and 1 division record. Uh, Ravens are 1 and 3 in the division. So now mm-hmm. how this plays out is there's there's still a lot of things that have to happen there, but um I don't like where the Ravens sit in the with their division record at this point. Um, that is very true. So ten to seven might be good enough though to get them in on a wild card. Potentially, it doesn't win the division. Potentially, um, Ravens have. I don't know. All the, we'll get into the tiebreaker scenarios, but the Ravens have head to head wins over the Colts, mm-hmm. uh, who are another another contender. The Chargers, another contender. Um, so that'll do them some good. Yeah. So all right, couple things um, that I want to hit on here. There's been a good amount of talk about the two-point conversion and John Harbaugh's decision to go for two when he did. The Ravens were down by 15 points, score a touchdown um, to make it nine. And so the decision there could be kick a field goal and then you leave or kick the extra point and then you have a situation where you're down eight and then you're basically the same situation you had against the Steelers. <laughs> End of a game. Well, it, you you're, you put yourself in a spot there where you have to get the two-point conversion to then tie the game. Or go for right. two when they did, um, and then potentially make it a... Seven-point game. Correct. So you, Why are you doing the math breakdown on this? So so what is... <laughs> so what is... I'm, yeah, I'm the guy running on three hours of sleep, so don't trust any numbers that well, I'm well, and the guy off can't, right now. The guy who can't do any math. Oh, I'm good at math. I was I was a great math. You're student. good at math. Have I, you never listened to this podcast? I'm Are you great not a part of this podcast? at math. I'm great at math. No. Just not when I'm running on three hours of sleep. So anyway, I'm, good, I'm getting you an abacus for Christmas. So so <laughs> th- there's been conversation about this. What was your take? I think it's a, a stupid debate. Honestly, I I, I honestly um, I shouldn't say stupid. I'll say silly. <laughs> I, I I think that. Uh, you always want more knowledge earlier, right? So, like, what's the advantage to waiting? There, 
there isn't any, right? So like if if you go for it early earlier, that enables you to have a better idea of clock management mm-hmm. and how the rest you need to operate for the rest of the game. If you don't get it, okay, now you know, well, we're still down nine. We need two scores. We need to operate faster. Yeah. If you do get it, well, now you're only down seven. You operate in a much different way. Like, I mean, at that point of the game, they had nine minutes left, right? Like, if you're only down one score, like, you don't you don't have to take timeouts on the next possession necessarily right, for right. them, right? Like, like you, you know you, how you have to manage the clock the rest of the way, so, and you always want that information earlier as opposed to later. So the only argument that you could make, the only argument that would make any sense in this is like, well, the Ravens weren't in a good position at that time to convert for two. They're like, they would have been in a better position later in the game to actually make that a successful two point conversion. But why? Like what, what evidence would you have that would say they were more likely to to actually make it a successful conversion later as opposed to earlier. It doesn't make any sense. Well, the other argument could be you don't want to, if you, if you don't get the two point conversion there, then your team may end up quitting because they they're down two scores and they what? feel like they're not they're not in it anymore, which obviously didn't that's, happen. I think which, that's completely completely silly. Yeah, I mean, like well, that, that was basically they, were, they I think had it, already shown that they weren't quitting by virtue of marching down the field when they were trailing by fifteen. Yeah, right. Which is which doesn't make sense. I mean, they they here here's the thing: the Ravens needed they were going to go for two at some point. It really this is a different scenario than against the Steelers where you didn't have to go for two Harbaugh made the decision to go for two based on the circumstances of that game but there was no decision about going for two that was going to happen it was just a question of when you go for two so you go for two early and then like you just said then you have the knowledge to make the rest of your decisions so so that is just a silly discussion exactly if you kick the extra point in that scenario right and then you're down eight and then you go for two later Right, so then the Ravens scored their second touchdown with a minute seventeen left. Right, if if then you don't get it, then now it's like, well, it's 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 maybe too late, right? Like, well, you, or you've burnt your timeouts by that point. You would have anyway. Yeah. You would have like played it much different. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I, you can't like necessarily just say, all right, well, just just flip the the score right, right, at right, that right, point because right, right, so right, much right, is different. Right. But exactly because um, you play the clock much different. But here here's the other thing. The, it, it was the exact right decision because the Ravens ended up being in a perfect spot to go win that game. They got the onside kick. Well, they had two points. They had they they had to get basically twenty twenty five yards. They had two times. Theoretically, theoretically, uh, by virtue of of losing the two of not getting the two point conversion early on with nine minutes left, you would have hoped the Ravens would have scored faster, their second touchdown faster, right? Like now they knew we had to be in hurry up yeah. now. Like we got to take some shots. We got to. Like and they kind of they burned a fair amount of time off the clock even on that second touchdown drive, um, you know. The, now Tyler overshot Marquise Brown mm-hmm. deep for what would have been an earlier touchdown, right? But like they, you would have liked to have scored that second touchdown earlier so that you didn't have to do the onside kick because in all reality the onside kick does not have a high likelihood of landing. Yeah, I mean yes, of of course, but that's also challenging in its own right. Just be like yeah, yeah, well, you know. Got to score faster. Well, Got to get a faster touchdown. I prefer right, fast. You're operating with Tyler Huntley and, and that offensive line. Yeah. I mean, all right, let's move on. This this anyway. The point is, like, there shouldn't really be a debate here. Yeah. It was a way better call to go for it early as opposed to later. Anyway, let's move on. It's talking about some of the offense, familiar problems. The Ravens like have a a, ba- a major problem. I think they have an offensive tackle problem. Like, 
it's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if we didn't know that it was earlier, it was, I think, very apparent in this game. Um, now, you know, the Ravens have faced some of the top pass rushers in the NFL in recent weeks, as we've talked about, and they have all feasted. I mean, feasted. Miles <laughs> Garrett with the sack strip touchdown, right? Last week, it was three and a half sacks for TJ Watt and affected the last play of the game. The game-winning play week before week before that Bears or two weeks before that Bears Robert Quinn had three and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. I mean these guys are going off, and it's it's an issue. I think that's that really like. Now what I did like about what I saw from the offense once Tyler took over is like, even though you're struggling at tackle with protection, they took some shots. Yeah, like like Tyler said. You know, he threw some balls down that sideline for Bateman and said, all right, you're one-on-one. Go make a play. Yeah. I'm going to give you a shot. And, like, that's what I've been – I've been kind of waiting for that from the Ravens' offense at times this year, even with the protection problems and the blitzing and all that stuff. Like, we got these wide receivers. We got the best wide receivers that the Ravens have ever had in franchise history, in my opinion. The best trio. Mm-hmm. And let's give them some shots. And so – I like that, and that's what Tyler Huntley said after the game about Rashad Bateman. He's like, yeah, man, I'm going to give him an opportunity, and, and he made he made the plays, and I'd like to see the Ravens do more of that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Bateman was obviously a real bright spot. It had his first 100-yard game, seven catches, over 100 yards, and big catches and, and big spots. So I, I think that, that, to me, is a takeaway that the Ravens got to get him more involved. I mean, up until the second half of that game, he hadn't done anything and he didn't have any catches the previous week. So I think that he is showing that he deserves a lot of action. And part of the reason, just as a note, there was no update on it. Maybe we'll have one today from Harbaugh, but Sammy Watkins was basically standing on the sidelines without his helmet late in that game. So I don't know if he dealt with an injury or what, but um, it seemed like that would be the case, given the fact that he didn't have his helmet. So uh, Bateman made the most of that opportunity, and, and I would like to see him you know, get – some serious workload moving forward based on what we saw in that game. And I agree. I think taking those shots, you know, they took one on that last drive, which I liked to Hollywood. It just was again, overshot. Um, Yeah. And especially with the way the refs were calling pass interferences, it's like you like, I feel like half the time, if a ball falls incomplete in the secondary and there's any contact, you're going to get a flag. And so take mm-hmm. your shots and sometimes put the game either in the hands of your guy winning the battle or in the hands of the refs, which it seems like all too often is resulting in a flag on the defense. Yeah. And, and and what I like about Bateman too is I think that he, to me, right now I think he's their best um, – it's hard to say whether he's their best deep threat. I mean, I, I don't think he's that much slower than Hollywood Brown is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and contested catches, I like Bateman. Um, I also think he's their best option for making people miss, like on the short intermediate stuff. Like we saw that a couple of times yesterday. And so if you're talking about, well, they're going to blitz, they're going to call an all out blitz. Who do we want to get the ball? If we're going quick, you know, throw a quick slant, something over the middle or or stop route and has to make somebody miss and pick up a first down. I like Bateman in that scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, now that's what the Ravens did on their last, I know you didn't see it. Um, <laughs> yeah, what happened on that play on their, on their last drive, right on fourth down, they call, you know, the Browns called a cover zero, uh, tried to hit Bateman on a quick slant and Denzel Ward just made a good play, just came up and attacked the ball. It wasn't 
the best the best throw from Tyler that kind of led him. You know, Bateman had to go kind of high to make the catch, and I think that prevented him from putting a move on Denzel Ward if he could if he had time. But that was really just a good play by Ward. Yeah, um, I like that the Ravens had an answer for the blitz. Yeah, get the ball out of the hands. Yeah, you know. I mean, it was really so, the only it was the only option, really, given... I mean, there was guys in his face, so he had to get rid of the ball there. Exactly. If it's a perfect yeah. throw, and he leads him, and it's, you know, chest high, can can he potentially shrug off that tackle and pick up some, some yards? Maybe. Um, right. But Ward made a good play. Denzel Ward made a really good yeah. play on that. I really, I, I much preferred the Browns' defense on a, on an earlier fourth down on the touchdown drive where they left Mark Andrews uncovered. That I really liked that one. That was a good one. I really, I, it would have been nice <laughs> if they went back to that option. Can we yeah. go back to that? Can we, we get back that to the... call? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'll tell you, man, yeah, just to wrap up the Bateman conversation, the kid's got a bright future. Bright future. That play, the 30-yarder down the sideline, the diving over the shoulder grab, the going up high to big boy, uh, Greedy, Greedy Williams mm-hmm. was a, a really nice play. Um, so I, I, I like him. Um, yeah. Defensively, let's 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 flip this over to the defense a little bit here. Well, first, let's take a break. Sunday is right around the corner. Draft your lineups now to feel the sweat with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the Baltimore Ravens. Life is more fun when you have skin in the game. Download the DraftKings app to check out all the action and daily contests. New users enter code FLOCK when signing up to get a special offer. That's code FLOCK and get a special sign-up bonus. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, so defensively, we kind of talked about it a little bit already about the job they did against the, the Browns rushing attack. You know, a lot of the talk going into the game was obviously around how these cornerbacks would hold up without Marlon Humphrey. I got to say, I got it right once again. started <laughs> to doubt myself late in the week and thinking Tavon Young might be the starter outside based on what John Harbaugh was saying. But it was all it was a smokescreen, man. It was Chris, it was Westry all the way. Had it measured. Had it measured. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Chris Westry played a pretty solid game. Obviously got called for the 30-yard DPI, which was baloney. A big old baloney sandwich. Yeah. Because Jarvis Landry hugged him. I mean, <laughs> Westry was in great position, had his head turned. Like, he has every right to that ball as much as Landry does at that time. Yeah. And and Jarvis Landry hugged him and dragged him down with him, and then they get the DPI call, which was their second of that drive, led to a field goal in what ended up being a 24-22 to 22 win for the Browns. Yeah. Pretty big pretty big call in in the long run, you know, when you, when you kind of play it all out. So that was disappointing. But overall, I thought the cornerbacks held up pretty well. Anthony Averett gets an interception. Really... Uh, had a tip pass. They should have had back-to-back interception. He tipped the ball that should have been picked off by Brandon Stevens. Where's Br- Brandon Stevens for a converted running back, man? Come on. you got to make that play. He had two shots at it also. Oh, my goodness gracious. He and Chuck, get him on the jugs machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was tough. I, I agree. I thought I thought the, the secondary held up well. I think the test gets even tougher this week. Um. Going up against Aaron Rodgers, who put up 45 points <laughs> on Sunday Night Football last Ooh. night. So, like, the Browns don't have anywhere as dynamic of a passing game, obviously, as the um, yes, as the Packers do. As Devontae so, Adams and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Exactly. So, it's, it's, a, much, it's a much taller task uh, this week. But I thought from the first game out there, I thought Westry played well. We see the ability that he has and why he made the team. Um so I, I feel like there's some that's encouraging. 
Yes, I, I, I agree with that. Um, Jimmy Smith did not play in the game, reportedly uh, missed it because of the birth of his child, didn't make the trip. Congratulations to Jimmy. Um, will be good to have him back out there against the Packers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we didn't get an update on Calais Campbell after the game. I would expect that not to be a long term thing considering the guy had his helmet on not long after the, the injury, but thighs, you know, if it's a thigh hamstring issue, you never know. Yeah. Those things can sometimes linger. Sometimes it's not a huge deal. I mean, Chris Westry just got through a thigh, um, you know, it's hard to say, time, so. you know, like, especially as a defense yeah. lineman, you hope that like, it's not like a corner where you need to be absolutely top speed, but, um, right. But, but you still need to explode out of your stance yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah, we'll, we'll see on Calais. Um, I mean, the Ravens are in survival mode injury wise right now. Yeah. It's, it's survival mode. And, uh, and, but, and obviously the, the biggest said, one the top, uh, is the quarterback without, you know, that's kind of the, the no duh statement of the day. Yeah. Um, but I, I, the, the team does have confidence in, in Snoop for good reason. Um, and look, if 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 they go into a game against the Packers and they don't have Lamar and they don't have Calais, it's like yeah. it's almost it's not funny. It's almost just it's like comical in the sense that it's hard to believe. It's like right it, all of these Pro Bowl players, the corners, Lamar. Uh, Cal- Should I go down the list? I mean, it, here we go. Here we go. This this is this could have been your 2019 Pro Bowl roster right here. Mm-hmm. You ready? Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Ronnie Stanley, Nick Boyle, Pat Ricard, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Deshaun Elliott, Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf, L.J. Fort. Yeah. All Ravens who were injured in yesterday's game. Yeah. Or before, yep. obviously. Yep. So, crazy. It's, so, you, you hope that for Lamar and Calais it's not long-term at all. Very short-term. Very, very short-term. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what Harbaugh says. Mm-hmm. And if the Ravens have to go with Snoop, uh, I think that they have confidence in him, and and he's showing that he can he can win a game. He can win a game. Um, now, it, can he win one against the Packers? Against maybe the best team in football? That's a tall order. Um, but there's been a lot of shocking games around the NFL this year, so you never know. Yeah, it would be. Cla- I I do think that the Ravens like. They aren't going to go into that game scared, regardless of who's at quarterback and who's available. Like they're going to go into that game with the attitude that we should win it, and that they're coming into our house. Um, yep. And that's just that that goes back to what we were just talking about at the very top of this thing. Yep, I completely agree. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. We appreciate all the emails. Y'all are the best. Thanks for hanging with us this season. It's been a, it's been a wild ride. And, uh, and it's only going to continue to go down that path. So uh, we'll be back with you later this week.